1: Welcome inside the PGP, the permission-granted podcast, everybody. The show about the show, the show within the show. We appreciate you dropping on by and spending some time with the PGP as we continue breaking down the 12 DAs of Christmas controversy, rankings, and voting procedures. You can always listen to this on its own podcast feed. Search permission-granted. You could also check it out on the DA Show podcast feed. And a reminder that if you listen to the show in the Odyssey app. Stream us live there, but also listen to podcasts within the app. You can just search the DA show and get what you missed in the same app that you listen live in, which is a very cool feature of the Odyssey app, spelled A-U-D-A-C-Y. Okay, 12 DAs of Christmas. We're now up to number eight, which was Tuesday. Tom Brady using your tweet in a hype video. But let's go back to last week since we left things off on Wednesday. And it brings us... To Friday's number 10, and that was Danielle freaking out because you called her an enabler and that she stormed downstairs and threw laundry basket at you or something like that.
3: <laughs> screamed Down the at, stairs, yes.
1: Screamed at you. I had her come on the show. She explained why she was so frustrated with you. We know the rest. Danielle, how are you feeling right now?
0: Well, it's 7.30 in the morning, so I'm exhausted. Um, I typically don't listen this early, but I heard him yelling from the basement, so I turned it on to hear that I'm an enabler, which is the complete opposite of what I am because the conversation that you just had with him is the conversation I have every morning Mm -hmm. and every night.
1: And how does that conversation usually go?
0: That he doesn't try at anything. That he says he wants to lose weight and then he goes and gets sandwiches or he goes and gets burgers or he... I don't just. As, I'm not allowed to. Foo, just, did he ever tell you why I'm not allowed to food shop? No. Because I shop too healthy. He thinks I took a dive. I bought too much produce, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not allowed to food shop.
1: You took a dive.
0: <laughs> I took a dive because I bought too much produce. And does he? Do I know that it goes bad? We can't just have it in the house for weeks. Does Miraz? enable Sean? Does Sean enable Mraz? Because that's all I can think of.
1: So, you've heard the excuses as well.
0: Oh, I've heard the excuses since 2006.
1: Did she hear herself on this clip?
3: Thankfully, I guess thankfully, no. I got absolutely zero feedback and she hears a lot of bad stuff all the time. I get pressed and that was the day I came home I, I I got nothing out of it. Now, to, to be fair, there was a lot of other stuff going on at home that day, but, yeah, I got no nothing at all back on that, which I think is a good thing. I think it's a win for me because I think revisiting that with her and having her more fired up is called an enabler all these months later probably would have been bad for business.
1: Some people don't like when they hear themselves on the air. I remember when I was young and before I had a, a job in radio, I didn't like the way that I sounded on um, answering machines. If I would leave a... <laughs> leave a, a message at home with my mom or something like that, and I would come home and I would hear sure. that message. I'm like, oh, man. Does Danielle have any problem with how she sounds on the radio? Because I thought it was great, but a lot of people will be like, oh, I hate how I sound on the radio.
3: No, she's very shy You know, she, when it comes to that. She's shy on the radio. When it comes to arguing with a waitress or a waiter, by all means, she'll be very loud, but she's okay. very shy to that. So, no, I actually think she's less to do with that. She's more big on she hates... Loves taking pictures, hates being in pictures, which is a a weird thing. So I think it would probably be more how she looked on camera for Twitch and Watch DA than how she sounded on radio. It's always a visual thing with her.
1: I thought she was great on the air, and I thought that made it really stand out because it was somebody on the outside explaining something that happens on the inside.
3: Yeah, and also one of those rare moments that we don't have if we're not working from home, right? Because it's one thing for her to be listening and be at home and text me and call me a fat, you know what, and can you believe you're blaming me? It's another thing for her to have access to the studios and be able to wake up to that and rummage down and say, what are you talking about? I'm putting an end to this now.
1: So that was number 10 on Friday. Number nine on Monday was you getting caught in your lie to Maggie Gray over text message. These are all text messages that happened to Maggie before, before he his, the screenshot.
3: If I explained that this is what me and Maggie texted all the time, you guys wouldn't have believed it. You guys are making me hit myself in the head. No,
2: stop. Stop saying that. Oh, stop it. And we, stop it. No, no, no. This, week, this week is started. We the new year done is done. started with you guys. Can't wait to get to the buffoon. Can't wait to do this. And we
3: got 85 minutes left in a week. And all you've done is hit me over that about what a liar I am, what this, what that. I can't take it anymore, but you guys. Are a liar, I can't right? take I mean, it anymore. Stop this. doing this to me. I want to have fun this year. Stop it. All right? I lied. I lied, damn it. I had to lie because I did nothing wrong to begin with, and you made me feel like I did something wrong, and now I'm ticked off and angry. All right? You're making me grab a pillow like a stress ball that's falling apart. Because you guys just keep backing me into a corner. Every day it's another poke, it's another poke, it's another poke until the bear erupts. I want to have a good year, all right? I, it was a great week, DA said. Yeah, it was a great week for all of you because I've been the punchline in the punching bag all week. I'm tired of being in punching bag, all right? I woke my fat ass up on New Year's Day while everybody else took off to make sure we had a nice little football Friday a week ago. And since then, all we've started the year with is, Meraz this, Meraz that, Meraz is an idiot, here's nine minutes of this. We we, we we hyped up year of the buffoon that day like we were having freaking Tiger Woods on the show. I mean that's how much you guys couldn't wait to make fun of me. And because now you're the Tiger Woods of And buffoon now Ray. my personal texts with a colleague, with a friend, somebody I used to produce for are now being thrown about all over the place because I had to lie because you guys made a bigger deal about me being asked to call in than need to be called in. So how dare any of you? Do you wanna have a good year or not? Because this is it. We come back Monday. We pretend that's the first day of the new year. We wipe the slate clean, and we stop getting personal. Back at the end of a quarter.
2: Because I can't do it anymore, guys. I can't.
1: And the background is you had texted her a number of takes about the Giants. Uh. You were fishing for a way to get on the air. You eventually got on the air with her, and we were like, come on. Do you really need to fish for ways to get on the air more? Are you not already on the air for four hours every single day on our show? And then you were like, no, Maggie asked me. She asked me. She asked me. And then you you showed us all the text messages. And it began with Maggie saying, would you like to come on the show? And so... Oh,
3: this one is still making me cringy when you re-describe it.
1: Maggie was listening to this and, sh- and she sent me a DM and she's like, hey, just so you know, that it wasn't the first text. Oh. She sent me all the texts of you peppering her with the Giants takes after a John Mara press conference. And so we caught you in this lie you blow up and you yell, I want to have a good year. I want to have a fun year. You made me lie, all this type of stuff. (laughs) Do you remember what was going through your mind when you edited the text message screenshot to defend yourself?
3: Yeah, I remember that day like it was yesterday. I know I was in the gym listening to the press conferences, texting with her. I know exactly where I was, and I know that Kaplan running the stream for the Moose and Maggie show was the one who was hip to me texting and he started selling me under the bus. And I remember... What do you mean
1: that he was hip to it?
3: Well, apparently my text had gotten read on the air and he was the first to let the rest of our show know, Mraz is fishing to get on the air, fishing to get on the air and I just hoped that would go away. By the next day with us on the show, Kaplan didn't let it go away. You guys didn't let it go away. And I knew I was backed (laughs) into a corner of panic, of state. Nobody was going to have my back in that spot. So the only thing I could turn to was technology on my cell phone and really take a page out of Tom Brady's Gate book. Destroy the cell phone <laughs> or destroy text messages. And I thought in that moment, I was having one of my smartest moments ever on the DA show. I really do believe that. I said, these, these jerks, these jerks, I'm going to delete these messages. I'm going to show them. It's going to be my proof, even if it's fake proof. And they're going to finally feel like morons for calling me out. And I did it. And I thought it was great. And the move I didn't see coming a mile away was Maggie Gray having (laughs) to be listening this when it happened. And you not telling us until it came up on the air that she had DM'd you either. It wasn't like I got warned. I was blindsided (laughs) on the air. So in that moment, in the segment, timing is everything. If Maggie's not listening, I get away with it. It's never a 12 DA. And you guys have humble pie, albeit fake humble pie. And this isn't relived all these months later. There was,
1: though... There was there was also another pitfall for you, and that was you had deleted all the text messages between you and Maggie up until that first one. You were like, "Look at my phone," and we we're like, "We'll scroll up," and you're like, "That's the first text message," uh, and we were like, "The first text message ever between you two was well, uh, this afternoon." You guys have never texted one another. I think you said, oh, I cleaned out all my old text messages or something. I do,
3: which I do periodically. (laughs) But, yeah, I did say I had cleaned them out the day before, which did feel like a bit of a lie. I understood that. But, again, in that moment, all that we had was what I was showing you, and what I was showing you defended me greatly. I really, in my mind, thought I had (laughs) connived and figured out the perfect way to serve you, Bogus Kaplan, and Bilotti specifically, a piece of your own medicine, and it screwed me. It absolutely screwed me. And getting caught <laughs> when you think you have the proof to not have yourself caught is the worst feeling in the world.
1: So, Maggie then sends me all the text messages, and we just read through those on the air, and oh. each and every one of them slices deeper like a knife it, into your soul. I still appliances.
3: feel a little bit of the anxiety feeling, that heart. A little bit harder. (laughs) We're going, oh man, when you were caught, man, when you were caught, this won't go away. I wanted the original thing to go away and not be brought up on the air. Then I got it brought up in the air and I thought I had the proof and now
1: it still won't go away because it's a 12 DA. So you say Cap was not letting it go. Yeah. Cap produced the, the simulcast for Moose and Maggie. Yeah. When you were the producer of that show.
3: And technically, I was never the producer of Moose and Maggie. It was Maggie with Bart Scott and Chris Carlin. Right.
1: And so we as a show, we didn't gen, we didn't generally listen to that show so much. I mean sometimes we catch some of it. But you're telling me that Cap told Maggie to read your texts on the air? How did he no, start no, no, this no, no, fire? No, no. He
3: started this fire. He was innocent until he wasn't. Maggie read my text on the air because she wanted to read my text on the air because as she often did, and she could sell it in the river, she often leaned on me for kind of the pulse of the giant fan. And she was texting me, or or we had talked ahead of the press conferences. Hey, you listen to these press conferences. We kind of previously discussed, we'd exchanged thoughts, which led me to initiate the text because of a verbal agreement we had. What happened was Kaplan coming off of that fake call I had a week earlier where you guys had bashed me and it came up in soundcheck. You had fake
1: called in. To their show under a pseudonym to have a Giants take. And we were like, why do you have to even do that? Right. You're having your Giants
3: takes here. Why are you doing that? Basically, uh, for lack of a better term, you're whoring yourself out. (laughs) What are you doing? And because that was such a big lightning rod, and here I was back to the well where I had previously discussed talking with Maggie about this, and because she read the text, Kaplan took that as, guys, you won't believe what he's doing again. (laughs) And he didn't tell Maggie to read the text, but he made sure to tell you guys she read the text, which led you guys to bring it up again. Here you are, Mirage. You can't just be like, why? Why do you need this attention all the time? And because I had to fight my way at of proving why I didn't need the attention, I had to delete text and act as if it was completely initiated via text. And it just, I might, I'm might i sort of to talk lowly because I realize <laughs> even as I'm explaining this, this is a bad look.
1: Cap. I called you today a criminal mastermind. He actually is. Oh, for He knows sure. what he's doing. He manipulates us so well. We're all stupid, and he's the smart guy.
3: He Kaplan has the biggest spoon in the world, and I see him daily. Now that Kaplan called me out on never being on Twitch anymore, and I'm on it more than ever, I see what he does with those listeners, and I see <laughs> where he takes something that he knows I disagree with, with you or you disagree with me, and he'll make a point to take a side in the chat Feed the wolves there. Get me fired up or get the listeners fired up. And then hope that that comes up on the air to create more. Kaplan sits back. (laughs) He didn't want to do an Olympic minute. He rarely wants to be on the PGP. I, you know, Kaplan's one of those guys I want to hear from because he's really the brains behind so much of this. He loves being the grand wizard standing above casts his spell on anything and hopes that everybody fights each other to the death. (laughs) And he has content to produce on video as a result. It's unbelievable. (laughs)
1: It's amazing. He is he knows how to manipulate us into
3: he's a creator. He's a content creator. There's no <laughs> doubt about it. And he will he, he he you know, he will have people fight each other to the death. And it's all it is doing
1: so then that brings us to today. and this was the first twelve d a that one of us had voted number one. Bogish voted this number one, and that is, Tom Brady using a tweet of yours in his hype video as a ha-ha told you so when he won the Super Bowl because you had written in a column that it's over, he'll never win another Super Bowl again, and then his team dug this up or he used his motivation something, and then it ends up in that video. It says CBS Sports Radio tweets Brady and the Buccaneers are not winning a Super Bowl at CBS says. (laughs) <laughs> this wasn't Bart Scott says. This was Miraz says. Miraz. What? And so it looked like from this tweet <laughs> that this credible sports, you know, entity, CBS Sports Radio, had this hot take, full time hot take artist who was an NFL insider that said this. And so they used this. And. I can only imagine if Tom Brady used Moraz's motivation, this is what he thought. Oh, somebody from CBS Sports. Oh, this guy is an NFL insider from CBS Sports. He thinks I can't do it. Well, fine, I'll show him. No, 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 Tom, no. This is a guy that just tweets out food recipes, okay? barely graduated high school, really didn't graduate college, took him five and a half years to complete a four-year degree, spent 10 years in Subway making sandwiches, and it is distinctly possible by simply being the crazy fat guy on the air for 10 years, gets his name on the side of his hometown. A third party from our network tweeted about a, quote, column, that's not even a real column, about Tom Brady, making it seem like it was a serious take. I'm sure in the middle of that, he also was discussing, you know, how many Pepsi's you throw in the crock pot for the Pepsi ribs. I mean, it's just <laughs> how could it, how could it happen? Something like this. He's gonna end up in the Tom Brady hype video. He's gonna end up in it. But let's talk about what you're ta- what you mentioned. There was angst on Twitch about this that our listeners, our followers, the D-Aliens, were not happy that Bogus voted this number one.
3: Yeah, and by the way, Kaplan was quick to chime in. Yeah, how could Bogus vote a number one? You know, get all the listeners going and stuff. Listeners were unhappy because their thought was immediately, hey, yesterday was we laughed a lot harder at the, you know, me getting caught with the text from Maggie Gray. And I think what you have here is a classic example of what we revisit every year. There's no defined, uh, you know, clarification of what deserves to be number one in the 12 DAs. We laugh at some of these moments, and we did laugh at the Tom Brady moment, but funniest doesn't always mean number one for somebody. It's about memory. It's about, as you pointed out, historically, we're going to look back and remember that Tom Brady mentioned this tweet, and I think you got a little inside Bogus's head there where, to him, it wasn't most important to vote what he would necessarily think was the craziest, funniest moment, but more this is shock and awe that Tom Brady included, you know, an up the gut take in his thing. He and I think the listeners, from what I could gather, tend to lean more towards what they laughed the hardest should always be the number one twelve da. But as long as there's no defined, you know, this has to be the way you think about it. I think you're always gonna have controversy, which is what we love on the twelve da.
1: But it is the most memorable. The most that is the definition of the twelve da. So what's the most memorable right. moment? And I think the listeners are missing the context of this. It is true. It is not a laugh-out-loud, side-splitting, hysterical reaction like you getting caught in the web of lies. But 10 years from now, when we talk about the DA show, we probably won't talk about you getting caught in a web of lies with Maggie with text messaging. Right. We will remember... That after winning the Super Bowl, Tom Brady used one of your tweets for fuel.
3: Well, we'll remember it when Tom Brady retires at 55. We'll remember the day he goes into the Hall of Fame. I'm sure we will bring that up. Uh, you know, any time there's any kind of Brady mark, it's going to be something that we look back on on the DA show. For better or for worse, we've had Patriot funerals. We've had you hating on Brady rants. The idea that Brady got to the end of his career and needed an up-the-gut take as part of his hate fuel, yeah, I think tells the story a bit of the DA show. So it, it lives on longer than some of most, even if the instant reaction to it wasn't necessarily crazier, or funnier than Cookie Monster calling the show.
1: I would not have voted it number one, but bogush's point here is a valid one. And that is, what's going to be more memorable than that? That the greatest football player ever, arguably, the greatest winner in professional football, won his final, perhaps, Super Bowl using one of your statements as fuel. That's
3: outrageous. And maybe it's a testament to the respect our listeners give the show and or the understanding of how crazy the show is that to them... It's not that outrageous that Tom Brady used that, that it should be that memorable. Like, to them, oh, of course Brady would. Like, that maybe is the mindset. You did have it inside your 12DASDA. This was your number 10 moment. So, it came in at 8, and you had it at 10. Where'd you have it? I had it at 5. So, it made my top 5. I think similar, I, I think I tried to split the baby, I guess would be the term there. I I knew, like, bogish's thought process, that that's something memorable. But, to me, I didn't think it was the craziest thing or funniest moment of the year.
1: I probably had it down a little bit, and I'll tell you what I think hurt it. was that you weren't in that day to react. Okay. Had you, Me and Bogus reacting about you was good. You, with me and Bogus reacting about you, would have been even better. Sure. And I don't know if you would have been defensive. I don't know if you also would have been like, this is ridiculous. I don't know if it would have led to more laughs. But... My guess is it would have amped up the energy. And part of what I think hurt my response to this is it came off as sour grapes maybe when I was just ripping you about it.
3: Some listeners did allude to that on social media.
1: And that was the wrong tone for me to take. My tone was more astonishment (laughs) that this happened because of all the things that I listed. Like, I mean, they... Digital took a quote from your column about a million other things, tweeted that out, and then that became the thing that stuck with Tom Brady right after, you know, had he used a of a, a clip of Jim Rome going after him, or Stephen A ripping him, or somebody in NFL network saying he's too old, it would make complete sense. But using a random statement that you didn't even tweet right. and sent the way, out by the, the network based on a column that we bag on every single week was, like, so ridiculous.
3: And this year they haven't even taken one single quote when they've put these out. <laughs> so it shows you that maybe we ended on a high note. And I think listeners or the listeners or viewers on Twitch that and on Twitter who might have been against this being Bogus' mindset is number one. Do forget, and I can tell you because I lived it even not being on the show. There wasn't a single moment all year on the show that got that personal, uh, like social media reaction in a way that I could not have a DA show listener go, Oh my goodness, did you see what happened? Even if I had already seen it an hour later, it was there was a time I had to stop the at mentions of people who listen and watch the show going, Can you believe you made Brady's hype video? So (laughs) if it, if it garnered that much of an instant reaction, then it probably should be viewed that way. I could tell you. As we go deep insidey on the moment, both Pete the Body and Connor Green had it out of their top twelve completely. They, wow. they both voted it as their first of the first four out. Uh, and Andrew Kaplan had it at number nine overall. It kind came in eight, so it kind of got right around where Kaplan thought it would be.
1: And I had it at ten. I think if you were there that day, it probably jumps up in my mind to a five or a six. I think my tone also should have been better. It should have been more. I am astonished that this is happening rather than using it to just take a two-by-four to you. <laughs> well, it's, that, that, that was, definitely was It was but, like a 15-minute two-by-four to you.
3: But, see, to me, it's not sour grapes because you take a two-by-four to me every day. That's so, true. I mean, to be I fair. I know. Believe
1: maybe me.
3: I'm just used to it, and I didn't view it that way other people did.
1: So that comes in. That was today. Number at, eight. And number eight. So tomorrow will be number seven. And I'm looking at it over. So this is a good one at number seven. Six gets a big laugh. Five is a no brainer. Four, awesome. Three, iconic. Two, you'll never forget where you were when. Yeah. And number one is, to me, the obvious number one. So we're... I
3: really feel, and I'm not to go, but Bogish voted this number one. And I think. That it definitely has that conversation we have. I have a hard time thinking when we get inside the top six that there will be much of a debate.
1: You think that the six that are the top six, you could argue order, but not that those are the top six moments.
3: Correct. Correct. You might say number six should have been number one and vice versa and all of that, but I think once you get into I think people would agree generally speaking, those might be the six best moments of the year. Okay. Personally
1: speaking. Yeah. It's such a power packed lineup coming up at the top five. Once we get into the top or the top six.
3: Matter of fact, the top six, I all of what ended up in the top six was something in some kind of order I had in the top six. So maybe I'm being <sighs> blinded by that.
1: Did you find anything surprising about how the listeners are voting?
3: Uh yes and no. Yes and no. I, I do find it obviously we're getting a big surge right now. On what's going on with the Winthrop calls? Yes. Now Winthrop is a mid-major themselves. They've even chimed in as an athletic program. Yes. On the on the tacos drops and everything that came with it, and it feels like uh, we don't know. Maybe this ends up in the top six, top seven. It feels like there is starting to garner a lot of attention on where Winthrop will end up here and how much the listeners really felt a part of March Madness with that mm. and are taking that into account, which is interesting. Because they're not using the same mindset with the Brady moment, but the mindset as far as memorable and the fact that the DA show was literally a part of a run to the NCAA tournament is something that they are holding near and dear to their hearts.
1: Yeah. The way that the Winthrop radio team involved our drops into a college basketball broadcast and then into an NCAA tournament game against Villanova really left a mark with them. It did. It left a mark with the listeners. They really loved it.
3: They did. They absolutely did. And they should. By the way, T shirts were made. It was something we couldn't get enough of. It was
1: Everybody was rooting also for Winthrop. Yeah. That was the biggest five twelve upset lock of the century. And of course that didn't it didn't happen. happen.
3: And and also one of those situations too where it stemmed from a bet. It was a bet payoff. And all of our bet payoffs generally get high praise at the end of the year. It's why we make so many crazy Versions of them, from Easter bunnies to, to Speedos. To, I mean, you name them. Hot salsa. Yeah, the, the, bets, the bets end up living with the listeners big time. I also find it interesting, uh, and we didn't actually get to this since the last time we taped the PGP, what came in at number 11 that was played on Thursday, the Bo Jackson moment. Do you want the backstory of Bo Jackson? Because we don't have enough time. This is how it started. It had nothing to do with size. I mean, folks. to play two sports? No. <laughs> get I when I was a kid, I was obsessed with... You know, late 80s, early 90s baseball, I had all the cards, I had all the video games, the stratomatic games. When I was a young boy, I got chicken pox. Okay? <laughs> Where's this going? I will tell you exactly where it's going. I did not know how to deal with I hated them. I was itching all over the place. My parents knew I was frustrated with the chicken pox. I had to take one of those oatmeal baths. And my mom, to get me to stop itching, said, treat them like your friends. You like baseball? Start naming each chicken pox after baseball players. So I had a Matt Noakes here. I had a Jack McDowell here. And we got down to me in the tub with my junk hanging out. And I said, and that's Bo Jackson. And for whatever reason, that stuck the rest of my life, and I called my package Bo Jackson. (laughs) Calling it Bo Jackson wasn't me at 21 going, look how big I am down here. It stemmed from all my chicken poxes being named after baseball players in that era and my package being another chicken pox. (laughs) That's the history of Bo Jackson. Listeners love the Bo Jackson moment, Mm. too. Love the Bo Jackson moment. I think that you're getting a lot of baseball players. I might have saved Major League Baseball. (laughs) I think... I think that now players are going to be identified with male junk, and you're getting a lot of listeners looking at it that
1: way. So, coming up here, we've got the the 12 DAs that are starting to get into the, the real hot zones here. Mm-hmm. And now that we have, you know, Connor Green involved in the proceedings and we've expanded the vote a little bit, do you think it's helped that we have – a Connor voting on it that we're getting feedback from the listeners yeah. to see what they think.
3: Yes, I do. Because I, I do think that there's an element of, we kind of get used to what we think throughout the year. And I think we've been through so many of these committees, you know, like the hall of fame voting for the NFL, where maybe we kind of already have a preordained ideal of what we're looking for on what matters. Like you know, seeing the listeners today debate with what bogus valued, I think young, fresh, innovative minds as the world changes, as the show changes, I say that kind of laughing but kind of serious. I think it does add another layer, and if we are doing this show every day and producing this content for the show every day and the listeners are the ones diving in, I think unanimously as one, if we could really streamline this thing like Kaplan has seemed to done, maybe this is something where they earn a collective vote next year and, and expand this a I'm little quite- bit. I'm not ready to declare that definitively that we should, but I think it's definitely something to take into account. Why we're we're doing this? Hoping they like the show, like the moments, laugh at the moments. So if they in turn like and laugh and love a lot more moments than we are giving credit for, then well, what good is the 12 DAs if they're not mattered into that?
1: Yeah, it's fair. It's fair. Uh, I think that that's not a bad idea, and I'm um, I'm interested to see how the final vote. From the fans aligns with what our final twelve DA's rankings are. It can't
3: are. be Taco Fall making the All Star team, though. too. You know no. what I mean? It can't become a sideshow, a mockery where you know something that didn't belong belongs.
1: So. Gimmick. We can't do that gimmick. No, we can do every other gimmick. Yes, We're this a is the one show. Right, this is the one thing that has integrity.
3: We have to draw the line somewhere.
1: We have a couple bet payoffs coming. You now lead Connor by five games, I believe, with four weeks to play.
3: Yeah, I gained another game on him this
1: weekend. So he's probably toast, which means he's going to be turned into a frozen pizza at some point. He's
3: not toast, he's pizza.
1: And you're likely to lose the Giants playoff bet, which means you'll be shirtless outside of our building in the middle of January with your body painted as Giants blue and red, apologizing to Giants fans for believing in them.
3: I could not just take the Connor win and put it in my pocket. I had to open it
2: (laughs) my mouth that day.
1: So we got two bet payoffs coming. Who will be colder, by the way?
3: Me outside or Connor in the freezer?
1: All depends on the weather that day. If you get a really cold mid-January day, we are literally three blocks from the Hudson River. Lower Manhattan, where it gets really cold and really windy in the middle of the winter. If you get a mid-January day that just happens to be 18 degrees, wind and light snow whipping in off the river... You are going to be devastatingly cold. We I haven't know. even decided how long you're going to be out there. I thought we said an hour on the first date. I th- I thought we did as well, but I, I don't know if that's confirmed. Okay. I think it's an hour. Either way, it could be a half hour. It could be 15 minutes. It doesn't matter. You are going to be so cold out there. Now, huh. if you get a mid-January day, de- today is what, 49 degrees? Oh, sign for it. To- if you get a 49-degree random day... You're you're way better than Connor. Now so, Connor can go in there with a sweatshirt, a hoodie, a jacket. That's true. But he's gotta be willing to get it messed up with pizza right. sauce.
3: Which I think you do. I think you, you sign for something bad to wear and just you take that. You're going into the tundra of a a freezer. You're right. I'm gonna be bare nippled out there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> How long do we have to shove Connor in there until the pizza freezes, I guess?
3: Yeah, well, we discussed that earlier, and you said we'd have to check with legal to make sure legally how long we can keep him in there. I would say he's got to get cold. I got to see blue on the lips, right? <laughs>
1: <We> can... <laughs> it's such a sin too, because Connor's such a nice guy, and he's he's always smiling. And here he's going to be like really miserable and cold, but he won't complain because he never complains.
3: No, he won't. He'll he'll have a happy face on. Who knows? Although, you know, he might be deleting tweets now too. So who knows? Maybe Connor's getting a little feisty. Lunch. You ever get
1: a response on that?
3: I did. I did. I forgot to reveal it on the show. Would you rather a show reveal or is it a PGP reveal? No,
1: PGP reveal.
3: He deleted it. He said he woke up in the uh, early, saw he was getting reaction, and said, he didn't love that form. He didn't love that joke. He wanted to have that joke back. <laughs> I said, What? We all loved it. And then he didn't answer that. I don't know why he didn't love the joke. It was the Aaron Rodgers or the Bears, whatever, the owner joke that a lot of people made, but I thought he made it the corniest and the best.
1: During Sunday Night Football, he tweeted, the Packers don't have an owner. The Bears do, but he plays for the Packers.
3: It gets better every time you read it. And you hit him with a waka waka. He had a couple. Our listeners, I think, started tweeting at him. And then he, he wakes up and deletes the tweet. Goes back to bed. Just
1: as we were talking about it.
3: In- well, yeah. he inst- That was where he instantly got reaction. But that's incredible.
1: I, I So then know. what's the situation here? He's laying in bed. He has his phone on enough to where he's getting Twitter notifications.
3: Who Rolls over, goes to the bathroom, sees what all these Twitter for notifications are.
1: And then he just thought that. The joke wasn't good enough.
3: Yeah, which is weird, right? That that to me, I, I'm gonna read the exact quote here. I don't want to. How mis- will you get now. it? It's deleted. No, 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 no. I'm gonna read the exact tweet text back to me exactly oh, what he oh. said. Here we go. In the league where they play, okay. Uh, he said, "Ha ha! I don't know, man. I just wasn't loving that one for whatever reason." <laughs> I got ri- my bad. I got rid of that one this morning, and that's how he started. That's when I came back at him. He just wasn't loving that one for whatever reason. What? But it's not like he didn't say anything bad to delete it. Don't you just don't you have to own it?
1: He thinks that it's too
3: corny. I don't know. I don't know, but I don't think you can have that one back <laughs> after 12 hours. <laughs> This isn't me deleting the tweet after the uh, whatever the Cardinal spread didn't hit on the Thursday night football like within two minutes when I saw the play get called back. You can't leave it for twelve hours and pull it back. This is the first negative blemish I've seen on Connor Green's resume.
1: It just doesn't make any sense unless he thought he's bet his jokes should be better to where he's grading out the effectiveness of his jokes. But you're not George Carlin either. I don't think.
3: <laughs> I don't think if you're Connor Green, you take swings like that, you just start deleting jokes. I don't get it. I don't get it. I, I think we need a PGP within the PGP on why Connor Green did
1: that. I think, yeah, we have to interview Connor about this somehow because it's not offensive. He's also not trying to be some type of, um, you know, by-the-book, stiff upper lip journalist. Right. He's trying to do jokes on Twitter, so he deletes this one. So basically what he's saying is, I think my joke should be better than this joke. Right. Which is good that hold yourself to a high standard, but it's also just a joke. And you can't take back the joke. No,
3: especially when you start getting credit for the joke, too. Then it makes everybody who gave you a credit feel like I feel like an idiot for saying <laughs> I actually liked it. He didn't like it. Maybe Connor has to address this as part of the week that was. I mean, we need a serious addressment from it. It's a bad look.
1: Okay, you're going to talk to Bogues here about the 12 DAs? Yeah, we
3: got to get inside. Bogues' number one is played. So let's talk about it with Bogish here. And if if he feels like he will move off this as the rest of the 12 DAs ticks away, I think it's a fascinating question to ask.
1: It's the first of anybody's number ones, and it was Tom versus Tubb. And now you're going to have Bogish validate or at least explain why he voted it number one.
3: A happy 12 DAs to you. It is Rez, the host of Side B, the PGP, joined by Andrew Bogish. As always, a ho, a ho,
2: and a ho, ho, ho. How are you, Andrew? Sean, I'm doing very, very well. You know, you say ho, ho, ho. You should be an elf. You'd be a good elf. I'd be a good elf? Well, last week I said you'd be a good Santa, oh, and you got mad at me. So, so trying to flip it, so you you're calling small me sure. in stature. You know, yeah. Can't I, win.
3: No, you can't win. How about you just stay off the Christmas
2: character? I'm 0 for 2. Yeah, you are over for 2. That's fine.
3: So speaking of Ofer, uh, here we are, Bogues. The 12 days of Christmas, we have now played at the time of taping up to number eight. So we have seven left. So right. that means we've done a first four out, 12, 11, 10. So we're halfway
2: through, including the first four out, basically. We are, right? Yeah. More than halfway through. Just about, right? No, I think, no. Yeah, one more. Just about it. Yeah, about it. We played nine. Yeah, and we and have seven, seven left. left. Yeah, that we, are, makes sense. we are more.
3: It's not just about. No, yeah. no, we are more you know, than halfway through. It's confirmed. So you, bogus, have made headways here. Uh, headways or headway? I don't know the proper saying.
2: There. Might be you're thinking are you thinking headlines here because I've I've angered no, no, like, Twitch. Uh, Where are we I going here? Make oh yeah, you're right. You know what? I'm using the wrong. Yeah, because headway okay. means like like you gained ground. I feel like or like I'm catching. Yeah, up. Yeah, you
3: didn't do anything no. like that. So that's a complete idiotic sentence by me. What else is new? Your number one twelve da has been played. It came in at number eight. We still have my number one, DA's number one, Pete's number one, Kaplan's number one. Uh, I could tell you Connor's number one might get lost. We'll explain that (laughs) at the end. Uh, But your number one appears here at number eight. I thought, in all honesty, you made a very good defense of why it was your number one. Some of Twitch disagreed with you as DA and I just discussed. Twitter as well. The problem—it's not really a problem—but part of the fun of the 12 days. There's no defined logic other than they have to be memorable. It's the most memorable mm-hmm. time of the year, the most memorable moments of the year, because we laugh so hard. It almost feels like a lot of times it morphs into what moment did you laugh the hard at hardest at right throughout the year, and that's not necessarily the case. And you made a point of saying that Tom Brady. We need to re reissue this. Tom Brady himself or not himself his digital team but his Twitter account put out a video a message to the haters that included a quote from Up the Gut. You know Bogish when you when you just say it like that without hearing the moment that feels
2: like how could seven moments be more memorable than that throughout the year. Right. Now I I voted highly for the Spooktacular show in particular when Maggie was in and I mean I was laughing Full tears rolling down my yes. face during that segment. So that segment in comparison was funnier right. than DA's takedown of you and the Brady montage. But to me, and I said this on the air on, on Tuesday morning, I wrote the Brady thing down first immediately, because I just I don't know how anything can top the fact that you stumbled your way into the official Tom Brady middle finger to haters video after he won the Super Bowl with the Bucks, after breaking up with the Patriots.
3: I will tell you that no moment that happened on the show throughout the year got me personally more texted, tweeted at, everything from our listeners than that moment. Mm-hmm. So that should play into it as well. So maybe we will be the ones. Now, I had it, I will tell you, that was my number five moment of the year. And, you know, there's somewhere out there, somebody listening to PGP, writing down one by one, okay, <laughs> who had, as they try to do the math and figure out whose list had what. I had it as the number five. DA had it as his 10th moment of the year. Andrew Kaplan had it as his 9th moment of the year. And Pete the Body Bilotti and Conor Green both had it as a first four out. So nobody had it completely off the board. Right. And you were screaming on the show, first four out? Yeah. First four out? So you have a major beef with Conor and Pete on that.
2: Now, I certainly can be yelled at for things that I didn't do. In particular, I didn't know that we had to vote for a first four out. I just thought we just did one through 12, and the first four out happened naturally by the way the votes logged you know, came in. So I didn't even do that. So you can yell at me for certain things. But, yeah, I don't know how this one is not in your top, I just, I don't get it. It's just so improbable. So, I mean, I guess if you're just, if you're sheerly basing it off of, like, humor and, like, laugh factor, maybe you can get it further down. But I just, I, it's still, it's so nonsensical from, like, nine different directions. And it would definitely be different if it was anyone else on the show. But because it was you, and we love to point out how by, whatever, you end up in the middle of all of these things. Sure. I mean, it's just, it's the perfect story. This it's Tom Brady, not Sam Darnold, not any random. It's Tom Brady after a Super Bowl okaying a video where you're in there with like Schefter and and Rappaport, any major NFL news person, and right. then your tweet. French from dip R- with bacon guy. I, it's, I, I don't get it. How could you not think it's amazing? Look,
3: I've actually swung around, and I had it at five. I've swung around on this. I think memorable. You have to focus on that word memorable. Da just reiterated the word memorable inside A. I, it's tough to figure seven more moments that memorable." Now I look at the top six specifically and I say, "All right, I feel like these are the top six moments of the year." But really, if we're going on memorable, I gosh darn, I don't know. I, I you know I think you might be onto something, Bogue, So we'll see. So I would say this. I feel like we are going to be closer to Bogus was right in that this should have been higher up than you
2: hearing the next seven moments and feeling like
3: you got something wrong. Is yeah. that venture to say?
2: Yeah, and I, and I would say this too because you and I discussed this last week. If we were for the 10-year anniversary of this show, if we were going to do like 10 D years of DA, this would have to be in there. You'd have to have this in there. Because it's Brady, and it's you, and it's Super Bowl, and it makes no sense. Like, this is a historical moment for the show. So, like, now, to me, that trumps almost anything else.
3: Now, let me ask you this. Me and DA, DA and I both theorized two different things. DA's theory was, on top of, he felt like maybe got interpreted as him having sour grapes, and he should have had a different approach, but also... DA looked at this and said, because I happen to be on vacation because, of course, when all this happened, ironically in Tampa, when all this happened, that my voice not being there since it was about me might have hurt the moment in the voters' eyes or in the listeners' eyes. Yeah. He thought maybe that hurt this moment not being high enough. My theory is that our listeners and viewers who had a problem with you voting at number one and where it fell actually hold this show in way higher regard than we even thought – and saying, like, of course, like, why would that be memorable? Brady should be including the D.A. show right. in his. Like, what is more likely in your eyes
2: that hurt this? I I think I think you not being there definitely factors in. I think and only speaking for me, I mean, i I'll, I'm going to admit it. Like, I, I was like pseudo annoyed by it because, again, you were like winning out of nowhere I mean, what's winning? I was made to look like I was an idiot that didn't no. Yeah, but you're included in a video that I mean, how right. many how many hits of that video and watches that video get, oh. and you're in there validating yourself alongside all these other, you know, putting yourself on equal footing with Schefter and Rappaport and everybody else that they put in that video. Mm-hmm. So I mean Double wide
3: footing for me. I mean, yes. you're smiling
2: right now. So I mean, it's,
3: it's funny to think it is. It's yeah. funny. The moment the the thing is we were dis it's a twelve DA where you're actually discussing a moment. When in reality, it's the moment itself. Right. You know what I mean? Yes. I like know- what what you heard was the reaction
2: to what actually is the crazy part of it, where a lot of the 12 DAs are the crazy part. Right. And I think people definitely were put off possibly by like the tone that DA and I had there because they were not necessarily like punchline ha 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 jokes. There were a lot of like rib shots in there, like, and and when we were laughing at them today or Tuesday, listening to again two times, like quote unquote column, like so, like I think there were things that you might have missed as funny. That might have also benefited from the idea that I keep pushing for whatever reason, that if we sat down and listened to these again as a show yeah. and live reacted... By the
3: way, if we do this next year, you better not say, I can't, I can't I do
2: it. I mean, know. Like, we'd be laughing again, like, you know, quote-unquote right. column. Like, the, the stuff that was funny, I think, would be emphasized more, and people who might have missed it the first time around would hear it again and understand it now. Interesting. But we could tell this, as we sit here recording this on December
3: 14th, uh, a mere... I guess 11 days away from Christmas already, which is unbelievable. Yeah. The 12 DAs has done its job in sp- – in, is it spurning or spawning? Conversation. Uh, spawning. 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 Conversation. conversation. Yeah. Debate. Or spurring. Conversation. Spurring. Whatever one of them, it does it. Mm-hmm. Arguments, debate, controversy. It wouldn't be the 12 DAs without any of that, and certainly here we are. And I don't know, and I, I really, frankly, don't have the time to go back at number 8 for there to be a number 1 vote by you that's i mean you probably count on on one hand how many times somebody's number 112
2: DA fell back as far as number 8 in a list that's how yeah. crazy
3: controversial this one well was. i
2: think and i think my number 2 is not our number 2 either i think my top 2 were, which were basically to me locked were concrete cold dead locks at 1 and 2 i don't think my number 2 is our number 2 if i'm re- remembering correctly off the master list Or remembering what I voted at number two. It's... No, your number two is still to come. Right. I'll say that. But it's not
3: as high as I have it. Maybe. Maybe not. I'm not going to reveal anything. Okay. I'm not going to reveal anything. So I did a bad job voting. Yeah, you did. You did. All right. Well, Bogues, that's going to wrap it up. Again, keep casting your votes. Go on CBS Sports Radio. Go to DA's Twitter. At Andrew Bogus with a C-S-H. Mm-hmm. find them all there. Yeah, He's got Or at Pete
2: the Body. That's my, yeah, my shadow account. At
3: AJ Kaplan. At Connor Green underscore 51. Whatever that Man, is. Connor's Connor's got a lot of
2: love yeah. now. At, He's like a full cast
3: member. At Pat Boyle. At Jack Stern. <laughs> at Chef CBS. Jack Stern NBA. Yeah, Jack Stern NBA. At Moraz CBS. M-R-A-Z CBS. Now, there's just a ton of show accounts to follow. So enjoy that. Enjoy a... Weekend of Saturday NFL as well coming up. And look, keep it locked. You're going to have a very fun football food of the week coming up Friday. I'm I'm very very excited for this. And we'll go from there. Have a happy and healthy week, everyone. Thanks for listening to this week's PGP.